This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by ComicBookClick.com. That's it, people. ComicBookClick.com is the one stop for all things Comic Book Click, our merchandise, our articles, and every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast. Visit ComicBookClick.com and remember, you, yes, you are worthy. Everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, and it's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by ComicBookClick.com, celebrating its one year anniversary, and as always, I'm never alone. Sir, please introduce yourself. I am Comic Book Man Dan, wait, no, that didn't sound right. I am Dan, the Comic Book Man, there we go. You gotta start the year off on the right foot, Dan. I got to start the year off on the right foot. <laughs> but we're here to finish our two-part Matt Fraction Hawkeye review. Uh, Dan, you have now taken in the second half of the um, the beautiful epic written by Matt Fraction with art by David Aja. What do you think of uh, it as an entire series, I guess, before we get into super spoilers? Uh, as an entire series? Oh, man, this has got to be one of the most down-to-earth books that I've read in a couple of months. Like, I've read some down-to-earth books that we've covered on here, but, like, I guess I've been, like, you know, I've I've been starved of fraction writing. I've been starved (laughs) of that fraction writing for too long that when I was reading this, I I had to have gotten maybe two issues in where I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, this is this is everything I remembered why I loved Sex Criminals. Yeah. Plus it's it's just a really good introduction to Kate Bishop for me. Yeah. Cuz I always hear her name. I always hear her name. I always know about Kate Bishop. I know of her, but I never actually got to see her character unfold before my own very eyes and get my own opinion on it. And after that, man, what is it with headstrong young female women that are <laughs> like that have like this the broken down male mentor that just doesn't want to do it anymore. Like, you know, it's the, it's the stars and stripes of it all. Well, Fraction might be pulling it from his own life. Uh, in case any of you listeners didn't know, he's actually married to Kelly Sue DeConnick, who people might know. Uh, she's a brilliant comic book writer, but she got her biggest claim to fame taking on the Captain Marvel series, moving her from Miss Marvel to Captain Marvel with the flight suit, the haircut, the new, the, Mar- the Captain Marvel that we know now. Uh, a lot of that starts with Kelly Sue DeConnick. A very strong uh, woman, so maybe Fraction's pulling from his own, uh, his own experience. Oh, he there. he definitely has to be, and yet, just for that alone, you could see like that. What if that was his and her relationship during yeah. Sex Criminals? <laughs> like, what what if the whole Susie be wanting to be a you know more with the library? It was just Kelly Sue DeConnick, uh trying to get more into comics, trying to get save trying to get Captain, trying to get trying to save the Captain Marvel of it all. Yeah, like it totally can be, um, and it probably what kept him on. You know, on the straight and narrow when it comes to this, because those women, all the women in Hawkeye's life kind of keep him on the straight and narrow uh, in this story. You were talking about down to earth, and I think that that's a, a perfect way to describe this thing, because I guess what I didn't realize is how kind of squeaky clean a lot of heroes are, especially as I've self-admitted, I read more DC comics than I do Marvel. Same, yeah. And a lot of those guys are kind of squeaky clean. Their personal lives are. Every, they might have, you know... Uh, ideal issues you know oh sorry issues with their ideals or their morals or they might have a moment of you know uh, where they don't really know what the actual right thing to do is but this 
entire series is filled with beautifully flawed characters who aren't asked to be perfect. I think that's one of the other big things about this. Uh, at various points, um, Clint is not perfect and shown not to be perfect. The sad part about it is every time someone mentions that he's an Avenger, he says that he's nobody. Um, that's how he sees himself and how he sees himself in the grand scheme of things. And that's a bit sad. And um, I think part two introduces a character that really lets us in on Clint's background as a child um, and what how he's able to quote-unquote roll with the punches. Um, it, it's so weird because it takes the trauma that Clint goes through to get us a character as interesting as him. And I guess the tragic, the tragedy is that that's a lot of people in real life, right? You meet these interesting people who are, who gain such great experiences only through the traumas and tragedies that they've had to endure. And it's like the Hawkeye that comes out of here is not a Hawkeye without a scratch. You know, everything that's ever happened to him seemingly has lingered around to remind him that he is human. Apart from like the super soldiers and the guy with the billion dollar uh, tech suit and all that other kind of stuff. He's just the guy with the arrows, as we've explained um, here before. Yeah, def definitely. And it's, what I love about this is there's been a lot of instances where I'm reading these characters where they're like, they have bandages. They look broken. They have depression and anxiety. Like they're not, they are not their mantle or the mantle yeah. that everybody puts them up to be like Scott Free. Yeah. Scott Free was probably like my first instance of ever reading a guy that has the has the power, has the ability, just doesn't want to just he's do just it. over it. Yeah. He's just yeah, he's just over it. And that's yeah. Hawkeye. This entire 22 issues is a man that's literally over it. And in my head I'm looking at this as a Hawkeye that went through all of the major catastrophic events that we know Hawkeye has gone through in the comics itself. So if you take like everything that he's been through and then take this as like the epilogue of that yeah. entire man's career in marvel comics then yeah i'd be over it too <laughs> i was gonna ask you what you thought about um uh being clued in to the stuff that we didn't necessarily know 100 percent about uh in the lucky issue the oh Peace Dog issue. how did they manage to like i remember re when i first read because i think i read a uh, third issue 13 first because even in um in a uh, marvel unlimited they have like if you go to read fractions hawkeye it'll have a hawkeye annual number one right before Goes yeah. into issue 13. So I'm reading it, and then I noticed that character, and I'm like, oh my god, if we're going into spoiler territory. Yeah, I don't ahead. know if this is spoiler. Sure. It was, uh, what's his name? Um, Barney. Barney. Yeah. Barney Clint. Hey, Barney. Which hey, is why hey, he, Barney, uh, he kind of thought it was Hawkeye, uh, Lucky, which when he makes went to go it save him. Because of the smell. Right. He probably smelled him. It's probably right. the same smell, probably and looks like, the same. <laughs> he had like a question mark in Hawkeye's face in his head, like. And then it wasn't. I thought that was really, really cool. Uh, just that little, you know. They handled the, the they handled the cops the discussion, breakup, the, breakup, the breakup. Seemingly, even though they're not dating, you get you know what I mean. Mentor mentee breakup. Um, what do you think about? I feel like in this half, Clint kind of just gives up in a lot of ways. Oh, he's he's over it. Yeah, he, he's he he Have let her reach that point before. Can you see that in the man's eyes? Oh yeah, it was it, yeah. it what it was is it was the eating of the cereal. There yeah. was the, the shooting of the arrows without even breaking sight. And then when she keeps trying to talk, he kept walking away. Like, every time she would want to talk to him, he would walk away. They go, well, they went to the funeral. She He falls asleep in that the limo. That was heartbreaking because she really put her heart out there in that moment for him. And he was just... He just fell asleep. He just fell asleep. And I don't think... I mean, I'm pretty sure he didn't mean to be rude, but it was just like, you're never going to hear that speech in real you're, life again, yeah. bro. He just, yeah, she no, just laid I, it all out. You're I, never going to hear that I, again. 
can tell you 100% I know exactly what that, what happened. The end results of him falling asleep on someone that, well, a female that's pouring her heart out to someone that they care about. Never and you fall again. asleep, you screwed. That's yeah. it. Um, Yeah, I, like, I know the joke is Parker luck, but man, we need to talk about Barton luck. It's just some bad Barton luck. Bad, no exactly, where. it's a bad Barton luck. I, uh, just wherever you turn in this series. And we, this, this second half takes so many different POVs. You know, um, we get a, a couple of issues just on Kate from Kate's POV. We The first issue coming back is from Barney's POV. And then we get some from uh, Clint's to finish it out. So I think just seeing how everybody's mind works separately makes when everybody comes together at the end really, really, really worthwhile. And these were monthly drops, right? They were weekly, but I heard that they were late. I oh, heard they this were was one of those series that... that uh, got hit with a lot of delays, which made it hard for people oh, to nice. dive right in. I can actually tell you each when each one was released. Yeah, I can tell you each one was released. So you have the first one in August first, twenty twelve. Then September fifth, October seventeenth, November twenty first, December fifth. Hey, December. So miss you see you see it. It's December nineteenth. It's like every three weeks. It's missing, but it also missed the whole month of November, right? Uh no, November twenty first was issue four. Oh okay. So so from the t- from the seventeenth of October was issue three. The twenty first of November was issue four. Okay, so hasn't missed a month yet. Uh, as you read, December, January, yes, it all of March. It went okay. from February twenty seventh was issue eight. Then April tenth was issue nine. But you know what? I think seven was the hi- was the sandy. Um, seven was sandy. Was the sandy issue? So that might have halted something because they had to come up with that story and then you have may june july oh my god and then it left for the summer oh wow july 10th was issue 12 that was the which is basically where we stopped yeah we stopped at 11 we stopped at 11 right so yeah so july 10th was issue 12 and then you get the annual right in august which was that little quick um kate and getting to la yeah and then you get october 16th was issue 13 and then november doesn't do anything for then you December, January. So yeah, you really it's just a summer break. It was just that summer break, but they're dropping like every three months. But then you got issue twenty. Oh no, here we go. Issue twenty. Issue twenty was September tenth of twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. Issue twenty one was February fourth of Damn. of the of twenty fifteen. And then the final the final uh, issue of Hawkeye wasn't until July fifteenth. That's a that's a, a so you hard, had to wait. Yeah, winter to spring. Break. Yeah. Uh, in between the penultimate and the final uh, issue. And to get every other issue leading up to there, uh, bouncing between Kate and, and Hawkeye. It's yeah. like, yeah. damn, like, come on, just give me what I want. Did you mind alternating oh, uh, the stories? Because I hear people, I hear one of the reading orders people do is they read all the Kate issues and then they read and all, then the they get Clint, into the Haw- all, the, all the Clint issues. I mean, I guess you should read all the Kate ones first because if it's, it starts with the annual. Yeah. yeah they come back and they come back from break with the annual. Then you could pretty much do hers. I think she has about three. Yeah, she has like three, yeah. three of them, where she's just like solving crimes in L.A. Yeah. yeah. So it was not. It was nothing really too big. I would. I. I guess it's not the words. Didn't care for it. It's just I didn't mind it. It, it, it was a, a distraction from a bigger story going on. I think is what you're saying. It. It. It is a little filler, but I think it. It did inform us greatly as to the kind of person that Kate is, which is extremely important moving forward. Are you ready to dive into the rest of Matt Fraction's Hawkeye, starting with issue 12? Yes, let's go. We see a mysterious and a disheveled figure with a duffel bag on a payphone deciding, uh, whoa, 
on a payphone, and that same figure walks up and rings Clint Barton's doorbell. When no one answers, he walks up to the van full of tracksuit mafia and asks them for spare change before uh, set- settling on just being punched in the face for $5. I've never been hit for money, Dan. Um, is that a lucrative business? <laughs> I don't understand. Is that a thing people do? Uh, next question. All right. Well, <laughs> you didn't come in with that black eye kind of weirdly. <laughs> Got to pay the bill somehow. They start to beat on him, and uh, Lucky, thinking it's Clint, momentarily helps out our stranger. They throw him some change, and our protagonist flashes back, and it's revealed that he is Clint's older brother, Barney, and their childhood was full of trauma and abuse at the hands of their father. Barney basically taught Clem how to aim and throw a punch. Back in reality, Barney is sleeping on the floor when the tracksuit goons show back up, willing to beat him up for no money. Uh, they lay into him, but don't pay, leading to Barney kicking their asses, and when they try to get away in the van, Barney uses an arrow to cause it to crash. Afterwards, Barney makes another phone call, and the next morning, Clint and uh, Barney are reunited. What do you think of Barney from the first... From the first uh, that issue kind issue. of blew me away with how yeah. just, like, well-handled it was. It was structured really well. Like, you yeah. get the flashback of the abusive father, uh, Clint teaching his brother how to punch the right way. Yeah. And then you just, the, the whole, guess what, chicken butt, and they give each other a hug. Like, I'm like, damn, this is really heartfelt. Barney also seems to be taking his homelessness kind of in stride. Like, there's never... He doesn't have, like, a like a negative Dude just wants a spare cup of yeah, coffee. He, he just wants change for a cup of coffee. He tried to flirt with that girl who came in with the bike. Didn't work. He's like, he's like yeah, I, I get it. I totally get it. Uh, but now that at least the tracksuit mafia is like, oh, shit, there's two of them now. Uh, but I do like the Barton brothers. What do you think about the Barton oh, brothers? Oh, my God. When they were... Forward? Oh, that, uh, I think we're not... It, I think it was, like, the next, the next episode after this, I think, was Kate. So like the no, next the next issue after this is uh uh Clint dealing with the aftermath of uh Gil. Oh yeah, we have to go then see. Then we his... go to Kate. So basically, he, like um, when he was uh doing his whole little Hawkeye thing, yeah, and he was like uh, the whole issue, his pants were broken. Yeah. So I love the fact that his pants were broken. Yeah. And then you get the whole him saying, "Hey, you guys want to see a magic trick type thing? Just scream Barney." No, he the... says he says I gotta just say the magic word Barney. And they all start laughing. He's like, no, 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 it's not going to work. Oh, you guys got to say it at the same time. And they all scream Barney. Barney and I think a trash A trash lid. lid hit him. Yeah, the... yeah. And then you just see them scrapping with They're the... They're kind of carnies. They're, they're two little, you know, they ran away after their parents passed away. And they went to um, the circus, which is where, you know, the swordsmen trained uh, Clinton and stuff. But they are like, they could live on the streets if they wanted to. They could hustle and bustle. And it's just Clint who seemingly um, met. Um, you know, the Avengers and got his life turned around. One of the things is I read the trade paperback uh, initially when I first read this run. This issue, this time I read issue to issue. And I didn't realize at the beginning of issue 12, it says like Bar- that he stole the money from Barney, uh, the duffel bag full of money he stole from his brother and they not really, you know, on good terms and whatever and that all this stuff was coming around. So I was like, okay, so that... Yeah, but for, that, that for all that matter, the dude wasn't really even like, you know, he didn't hate his brother. He wasn't yeah, talking about yeah. no money. It's like uh, the first thing he saw when he did him was give him a hug. Did their little inside joke thing to I each other. The, did you say nine in the morning or not? Oh, come on. You know it's nine at night. It's always nine at night. It's like we always We're say nine. nine at night. It's like we always say at night. Like Yeah. yeah. Um, let's get into that next one, though, because from Clint's POV, we see him writing an apology letter to Jessica. There's so much little details and all the stuff that they, they put on the That's screen. That's that fraction, baby. He calls Bobby at one point for a spelling a spelling thing. Oh, uh, incorrigible <laughs> or something? Because <laughs> he's writing his letter to 
Jessica, which but he's was drunk. A, right. He said he had a few, so yeah. he's like blackout drunk. Well, trying to he write had a few upstairs with Gil. Yes, that's and the then same he comes night. Down yes. to write the letter that Gil tells him to write. Yes. Um, to confess his uh love to Jessica or whatever he needs to confess, and um, he ends up getting paged by the Avengers. And this is so cool, like. It just shows how, like, down the totem pole he is. Because he's, he's doing all the same things that they're doing. But at the end of it, he's much more banged, banged up and stuff. And he, like, tries to talk to Drew. And she she gives him, like, a dirty look. And he's like, it's like, I'm fine. Yeah, it's like I work. Uh, th- those workplace associates, man. Those, that proximity. You got to no, watch out pro- for that Workplace stuff. proximities are crazy. You got to watch out for that. Um, all seems well. But Kate calls him and tells him that Gil was killed. Clint investigates the scene and is devastated and drinks again to pass out. Um, that that was probably that was probably the most relatable scene of the entire series for me. And I know we we, we both have talked about the uh, day shit. I'm going back to bed type <laughs> line, which is literally you know it's truthful, yeah. But just him just on his side, drunk with a bottle, just circulating television till he gets bored eventually and just turns it off to go to sleep. That is just yeah. He that, couldn't that's, think of nothing else, man. That's real life. You, the whole thing was it was like twelve panels of not one word. It was just TV background noise. And I'm building in this headcanon, but it feels like to me that uh, Clint does a big job not being anyone's burden, right? Like he goes out of his way to not have anyone have to that, and to not have to depend on anyone. Um, and he thinks by keeping people at a distance, he's keeping them safe. The second he let in somebody like Gil. He endangered him to all of this and thus gets him killed. And now, how do you wrestle with that? How do you wrestle with, maybe this guy could have been alive if I wasn't friends with him? You know, that's that's a big, yeah. that's a big guilt trip right there. Um, he's awoken by the police who knock on his door for any clues to Gil's death. Clint is cooperative but has no additional info. What do you think about that policing? <laughs> They're trying to bust his balls. It was actually a lot different than how I thought it was going to go. Because like I remember, we we have to see everything. We're getting bits and pieces from a dog's perspective. <laughs> like we're literally getting everything that we saw two issues ago from a dog's perspective. Right. Now in human, so I had no idea. I thought they were gonna keep like I thought the cops were there to like keep asking him questions about his little nighttime routines of him freaking out and fucking attacking oh, people's yeah. cars. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. they were still following up with that because it was all that. I think the last thing the dog recognized was like stay out of trouble or something like yeah. that. And yeah. that's when he says good boy. Yeah. But yeah, it just turned out he was just look. They were just looking for answers because they know he's an Avenger. So and Clint, I guess through f- fraction mostly, it's a bit of a smartass. He's a bit of a like, eh, yeah, I had a few. Yeah, you can call my ex wife. She'll tell you because I called her for a spelling error. Like he's over the. I'm pretty sure he spent the night being over the death and now now being questioned about it when he so obviously had nothing to do with it. It might be annoying a little. Well, that was still was still fresh new. He didn't even tell the father yet. Yeah, this is true. This is true. And he has to be the one to deliver the news because of everybody in that building. He's the one that met Gil's father. Yeah, and saved him from that hurricane. Uh, And Clint goes up to pick up Gil's dad so he doesn't have to be alone. And later, Kate accompanies him to Gil's funeral out of support. In the car, she reaches out to him in a general show of care, but he falls asleep and sees Gil in his nightmares. Not only does she reach out to him, but she, like, confided in him. She basically said, like, us two together can't be stopped. But yeah, she's like, we're partners. Yeah. Like, we're in this together. Like, she was touching yeah. his hand, and then he's just like, sandwiches. <laughs> but that with the, that with the like, the nose bandage and all that kind of stuff, he's just, he's just a mess. He's a freaking mess. And a mess she won't be able to tolerate uh, much longer. 
Um, they go to the wake where the tracksuit mafia watch from a distance, and then Clint goes home. Bro, bro. <laughs> bro, seriously, bro. We could kill him now, bro. <laughs> They're like, no, 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 don't worry. Bro, uh, Kazu, kill, Kazu got his plans. When, it just kills me when the dialogue is literally... Seriously, 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 coming from one person, and it's bro, 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 yes. bro, coming from the. It's like, yo, what is going? That's just it's yeah. too funny. It cracks me up because their characters are bad, bad guys, you know, in a lot of ways. They're bro, disposable. seriously, bro, two of them, bro, seriously. I'm come like, on, bro, bro, come on, bro, bro. <laughs> oh fuck! It's terrible. He re- he reschedules his meeting with his brother, and when the two meet up, Clint says uh, he can crash there, while in the bathroom. Barney hears Kate and Clint arguing, which leads to Kate taking Lucky to LA. Um, I shortened that, but I know we can't we can't expound on it. Um, Kate was being honestly honest about how she felt about everything. She was obviously emotional. Don't worry, like, I can't watch you just destroy your life anymore. Like I will not sit here and watch you kill yourself, and I care about you. It's but like... he's seemingly talking to her in monotone, like, "Yeah, okay, just leave the arrows. I think one of my arrows is in there. Oh, that's my quill." She's like, "No, it's mine, jackass." Basically, she's like, "It's mine, jackass," and has her uh, initials on it. He's like, oh, "I think I left a couple arrows." In I love there. when Can she you... leaves and he comes out into the hallway. He's like, "We're not in a relationship. You, you can't, can't steal my, my dog." dog. <laughs> and then her brother, his brother goes, "I think the dog left with her, bro." <laughs> he's like, "I was there." It looks like the dog left. Yeah, the dog yeah, just that, followed her. Yeah, yeah, the dog left with her. He, she did not take the dog. The dog left. Um, and that's all heartbreaking. Um, later that night, Clint introduces the tenants uh, to the roof. The tenants on the roof to his brother, Barney, uh, before he stares off. This is what night. made me actually tear up a little bit. On this, yeah. One of the panels was Gil's father, Grillin, yeah. just like Gil. Yeah. That shit actually, like, I yeah. won't lie, that kind of, like, took a lot out of me i'm like damn i'm trying not to cry i'm trying not to cry but you see him he has like an actual smile drawn into his face he's not a bitter angry yeah. old man who's alone anymore he's doing what his son used to do and what his son loved to do and it's make food for his neighbors his, his family so it's yeah. like seeing the father and then he just looks at gil and he's like, hey you not gil uh, look at Barney, that, like you hungry all that gil did to make sure his father would be alive you know his father didn't want to leave the house he didn't think there was anything was going to happen with that hurricane and Gil hit up the Avenger to help him get his father out. Uh, if it wasn't for Gil, I don't think his father would have made it out of that house with all that water. No, nah, he would have. He, he would have just legit died right then. And there. He probably would have pr- freaked, panicked, flight or flight, a fight or flight, but starved anything. He would have died. He would have been. Yeah, he would have been gone. And and now this poor guy has to bury his wife and his son. Yeah, but it's that whole putting him on the roof with all those people and ha- putting him specifically behind the grill while everybody is talking and having yeah. fun. Seeing that's actually there. really beautiful. Um, another thing that I, you know, my head canon again is like Barney's here. This is literally his his family, right? The or the closest. I mean, it is the it is his family, not the closest. Yeah, no, that's his legit family. his brother. It is yeah. his, it's his brother. It's his family. But in many ways, Lucky and Kate were also his family. Surrogates, yeah. And so were... while they while they're up there talking about family, he doesn't stand next to his brother. He walks away and just like looks out into the sunset. I feel like in that moment he felt like he lost his family. No, that's that's one hundred percent because you know like him and his brother weren't on good terms. Even if that's yeah, that's your brother. I'm his brother. We're we're gonna have each other's back. But for the time that he didn't have his brother in his life, he didn't really have anybody in his life. He had Pizza Dog and Kate. Two people who took a chance on him when they didn't have to, really, in a lot of ways, and got two hurt people that because were, of it. <laughs> two people that were loyal to the bone to him, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so that that headcanon is definitely, I'll agree with you on that, because as soon as he introduces him to everybody, and everybody's like, hey, how you doing? Welcome to the family. Welcome to the neighborhood. And he just walks away, yeah. Yeah. Because that is the night Kate His left. mind is on something completely different. Let's find out what Kate's been up to uh, in annual number one. 
So this fun issue is from Kate's POV, and it starts with her choosing to leave New York because of how closed off and self-destructive Clint has become. Elsewhere, we see that Madame Mask still has it out for Bishop. After getting into an argument with her rich father and his wife, I had to put it that way because it was not her mother. That she said many times. Your mother, my Heather. <laughs> yes. Your sister calls me mom. No, she doesn't. Yeah, but I'm hoping that with time. <laughs> That's great. Like, she's not my mother. She's literally a year older than me. We went to school together. I'm telling you, she's not my mother. I know, but I'm hoping that with time. <laughs> She keeps sliding that with time. It's just fucking great that that's literally, she's like, she's a year older than me. We went to the same school together. Like, that shit killed me. And then she's a blonde in an exposed white dress. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, She's not having it. Uh, But when she storms out, her father cuts her off. Cuts her off from her riches and all, you know, cuts all the credit cards up. And uh, that that makes things quite difficult for her while she's in L.A. Um, While sunbathing at a hotel, a beautiful woman introduces herself as Whitney Frost. Those were also that's also the name of the antagonist in season two of Agent Carter, who later becomes Madame Mask. Um, that's crazy. Which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, but when Lucky starts to bark, Kate realizes she's being towed and effectively kicked out of said hotel because of her insufficient funds. Uh, Miss Frost offers her plate offers her her place for the night, and um, even declines when Kate offers her all her remaining money to do so. Things seem to be great, but when Whitney brings up cigarettes, Bischoff identifies her as Mask, and the two create plans against one another. What do you think about that moment where she's like, I know, but does she know I know? And oh, I know that God. she knows. I love that talking. We're, we're, we're an unknown unknown. Yeah. We're unknowingly unknown. So I'm sure like that. Him and Lucky, right? Her yeah, Lucky. Like, it's like, so she doesn't know that I don't know that she doesn't know, but she doesn't know that I don't know. So I know that she so doesn't I got know. the upper hand in all this. Uh, I, yeah, I thought that was really cool and really cute. They, I like these two as like bitter rivals, even though she doesn't really care about Mask. Mask is hell bent because she was embarrassed. I feel like everybody needs that. Yeah. That arch enemy, that foil character. It's a little bit more personal. <laughs> of course. So, you know, everybody has that. You know, Spider-Man is Green Goblin. I would love to have Kate Bishop Hawkeye and Madame Mask as an actual, like, like I would read a Kate Bishop issue itself with Madame Mask as her bad guy for that And you run. know where it stemmed from. You know where it all started. <laughs> that one time she, that she just made her, out. she just By wanted way, her to smoke cigarettes. That was it. She made her want to smoke did cigarettes. Did you see in later issues that they showed how she knocked her out in Madripoor? She like had like a sock with a rock in it and she just threw it and it knocked her out. And then she didn't take off. That's something that we didn't realize. She didn't take off her mask when she impersonated her. Oh no, she has d- d- the dummies in her. Yeah, in she just put on another mask. So when she shows up as Whitney Frost, she doesn't recognize her because she never saw Madame Mask without the mask. Even when she was impersonating Madame Mask, she let her keep her mask on. So, yeah, she had no clue who this woman was besides that line. And then she uh, freaking tries to poison her. <laughs> and Kate gives it to the plant. The plant dies. <laughs> and then she's like, I think I'm going to go to bed. And um, when she is allowed to, she sneaks out, grabs her gear, and drives her car straight through the garage door. Um... But Whitney, as Madame Mask, allows herself to be seen. You know, she she shows up in her full Madame Mask glory and vows revenge for Majapur. But Kate activates um, one of Clint's exploding arrows and it allows her to get away. Broken in a strange state, she begs some old women to take care of their cat in exchange for some money and a place to stay. And it seems like Kate has all, has all things figured out for now. For now. For now. And also, I think... Uh, 
Madame Mass says something along the lines of Kate Bishop is going to die in LA. Or something say, like yeah, that. Kate, yeah, she said Kate Bishop is going to die in California. She is hell bent. Um, determined to help people, Kate becomes a hero for hire, which leads her to a mystery regarding a couple's stolen orchids for a wedding. The mystery leads Kate to the florist who gives up the name Flint Ward as the suspect. Kate meets a mis- the mysterious man. Oh, sorry. Kate meets a mysterious man at the grocery store who gives her advice before disappearing. Kate speaks to the police who shrug her off, but then tries to confront Ward at his own house, although this goes poorly. She sneaks into his backyard greenhouse and sees the orchids, but is stopped by Ward's security and kicked out by Ward himself. She goes back to the grocery store, gets another pep talk from old trench coat, and this time turn, uh, starts to spy on Ward on her bike. When Ward realizes this, he tries to run her over, uh, all of which Kate catches on video. Ward is arrested for having illegal firearms in his vehicle. Kate has one more uh, interaction with Trenchcoat. And while in jail, Ward uses his one phone call to alert Madame Mask about Kate. Um, so that's, that's, that puts a pin in Kate's actions right then. Uh, that was a pretty harmless issue, right? The orchid. It's also kind of funny that Kate, Kate, poor Kate's going crazy. My favorite thing about Kate in that issue is her back and forth with the police chief. Because she's trying to make the police chief like her police chief. Like how I know all the comics, yeah. someone has someone to talk to. Yeah, everybody like has a Gordon. A Gordon or Ulrich or whatever. Uh, and so like she's trying to like buddy, buddy. And this guy's like, I don't want you here. <laughs> like, Can you please just go? Stay out of Malibu, really you bum. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, let's go back to New York, though. Let's go back to New York. The women in Clint's life agree to help him. Bobby uses her tech skills to reveal that the tracksuit goons own every building in a three-block radius, except for Clint's, which was owned by one of the goons, Ivan, who was deported by Clint. If anyone uh, is questioning who Ivan is, he was the goon in the first issue. That uh, that didn't want his money. Yeah. And that uh, poker game, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah bro. <laughs> Black Widow gives them a dossier on the hitman who killed Gus and is wanted for a string of mysterious deaths, each marked with the same symbol. I this that was, was the hilarious. funniest, that was one of the scene. funniest scenes I have ever seen. I was just going to stop to say seen. that. I thought that scene was absolutely hilarious. It, it, you see them like, she hands them the dossier and they're both just like looking around. She's like, what trouble have you two idiots have gotten into? Like, yeah, like, they're like what you're you... the one who came in here with that hat. She's like, it's just yeah, a hat. With the cloak and dagger hat. Yeah, she's like, it's just a hat. I don't and know then, what you're What I about. love was the little inner monologue with Clint where it's like, I know she's lying. Yeah. Thankfully, she knows that I know she's lying. Right, right. So we're both okay. Yeah. It's like. That's that work wife. No, it's, it's <laughs> such a great relationship. It's like, I know she's lying. And she knows that I know she's lying. So, so we're yeah. both just like, it's like we so have this mutual. So they're basically mutual... just lying to Barney. <laughs> that's, that's all that happens Basically, right the, yeah. They're, yeah, it's like they're speaking in code. They're speaking in lies. Like yeah. their lies is a much more different code. Like he can tell his facial expressions. He knows the words she would use. That's like... his work wife. I was actually surprised Bobby was up there helping him, his divorce wife. You know, I'm surprised Mockingbird of, was in there. Of all things, I'm just surprised that those two were never an actual, an actual, actual, like, uh, Will, couple Will. in... In comics, that could have been an amazing couple. I don't know. Maybe it was just the actual on-screen chemistry between Renner and Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Because, yes, there was no sexual tension there. But you could just see that playful love that those two actually care about each other, that they actually love each other, that if they they were to, you know, go get a beer after work one day, 
they might end up finding out that they have feelings. Like, but those two could have been a perfect comic book couple. And we didn't saw all that and said Banner and Natasha. That's what he said. That's what they want. We didn't saw all that said <laughs> Banner, Natasha, and ooh, Daphne from Scooby Doo. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Let's get Linda Cardellini in here. Yeah, get him a farm. There you go, Clint's farm. I like him more in the apartment building than I do like him. My on the Clint farm. is in West Fifth. He's <laughs> up there. There's a point. I think it's when Bobby's talking about the radius. I look because there's a map, and it's all Brooklyn streets. It's all real Brooklyn streets that are where they are. Because yeah, because and listen, the way he speaks about Brooklyn in this comic, my yeah. Hawkeye ain't gonna be living in no Iowa. No, no. my man's not going to Utah. Mm-mm. He's he literally says Brooklyn is the greatest place in the world. Yeah, like my and man, his dog likes pizza. You're not gonna get a good pizza in Iowa. You're not going to get a good pizza anywhere that's I'm not sorry New York. I'm sorry for any uh, listeners in Iowa. I don't know if we have a big Iowa audience. We might. We might. We, we like corn. Pizza, don't so. worry. <laughs> we like corn. Uh, Kazu, a.k.a. the clown, uh, does his homework and finds out that... Uh, oh, no. I missed one. Elsewhere, the clown, a.k.a. Kazu, is in a board meeting as they talk about uh, taking the three blocks of land and making it a shopping center. Although they can't now because one of the buildings is owned by Barton. Kazu does his homework and finds out that Clint illegally seized it and probably can't go to the cops because of it. While Clint is outside, he is caught with his pants down, literally, and surrounded by goons who point guns at him. He does a trick which calls on Barney for backup, and they take uh, them down, but this proves to be a trap, as some of the goons entered the building and are holding tenants hostage. The Barton boys handle that swiftly, and Clint calls Jessica over because he doesn't want to involve the cops. Barney starts to think that something is up because no one should have been able to get into the building and Clint realizes they must have entered from the roof. He goes up and sees no one, although the clown is there, and the silent hitman uses an arrow to stab him through the ear. And when Barney shows up, he shoots Barney in the gut. Jessica runs up to see both Bartons bleeding on the ground. I don't know. Imagine if that was the issue that they took a break for a couple months. If, if that was my cliffhanger and I had to wait as, for as long as I had to, I wouldn't want to wait more than a week for something like that. And it makes it even worse is when you're reading it in, in issue order on comic, on the comics apps, you don't get that for, so you, yeah, you gotta go back to Kate for two issues. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. I don't want to, I don't care about the Doobie Brothers. Yeah. Like, I was really digging on, like, digging on these two boys together, uh, you know, on the same page. And then, like, Seeing them both on the floor covered in blood, I was like, oh, this is not... I was for sure Barney was dead. Um, which happens at several points <laughs> while I'm reading this. Basically. But we'll get basically. there. Basically. Uh, here's another softball issue, I agree, I, I, I'm, I'm saying. When Kate sees a homeless man rambling in traffic, she takes him home with her. Her friend, Mr. Finch, recognizes him to be Will Bryson, one half of the Bryson brothers, with his brother, Gray. Seems drug and mental illness stopped the brothers from being famous, and now Will claims that Gray will be releasing his masterwork on the internet without Will's permission. Kate sees this as an opportunity to help, but orderlies arrive to take Will back to the Bryson mansion. Kate sneaks in and they have a chat, but security shows up and they have a tussle. After knocking her out, they bring her to see Gray Bryson, who is on his deathbed, and Gray admits to leaking the music, saying it was his life's work as well. She's kicked out and discouraged, uh, goes to the grocery store and sees trench coat and confesses she might quit being a PI because people in L.A. are so terrible. He tries to cheer her up and hands her a flyer that says Will Bryson will be performing his master work. 
She goes to see the performance, which is Will's way of a tribute for his deceased brother and for Kate and Kate for helping him. And this restores her faith in L.A. As she stands there in the crowd, a woman com- comes close to her ear and says, found you. But no one is there when Kate looks around. Pretty simple, right? Pretty very, very, like, it was a whole, I, I just, I don't know why, I, Kate in California, it just, there's something about it that's just like, I would read more of it if you weren't giving me. Separate from the other yeah. stuff. Like, it seems like the stuff in New York is getting increasingly urgent. And it's getting big. Stuff, it's getting right. yeah, like there's a you just you just deafened our hero and shot another uh, shot his brother in the gut. Put it this way, if this was a show and they did this, like they went from that episode to a Kate episode in LA, I'd be upset. Right? If it was a show. No, if it was if this was a TV show and episode four was Now if they did A B A and B plots where they weave them both in, in, in an the same episode, episode, fine. That's different. Put, put take a pin and put it in put it in the two brothers bleeding out on the floor. <laughs> And then episode to... four is Kate. Episode five is Kate. Then and then a... seemingly like she didn't do anything. I mean, I guess she got him to the house. She got him to the mansion. But she didn't save anything. She didn't unleak the music. She didn't do any of that stuff. She just gave a guy a home and the sense. I don't know what. She even gets questioned by the trench coat dude. And she's like, yeah, I don't. I didn't really do anything. Even <laughs> when she was saving, PI. even when she saved the orchard. Yeah. She, she only saved one orchard. Yeah. And it was, I think it was shot still. I think somebody shot like, at it or they, something. Yeah. It was like, it was like bent over. <laughs> right. It was not and the And you prettiest. see good old Madame Mask literally using those pedals in her bath. And it's like. Yeah. Like, stuff right. like that I love because it's like, all right, give me a Madame Mask and Kate Bishop run with stuff like this where her in L.A. She just ran away from Clint, like you know. And it's sh- not like she's actively trying to piss off Madame Mask. She just happens to. No, yeah, she's it's just there. I want you to do me a favor, Dan. If you're on your phone, I want you to look up the name Harold Harold. Harold 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 in Marvel because he's gonna be one of the stars of this next issue that we talk about. And I had to do some research. Turns out our boy Harold Harold, our boy Mister Trenchcoat, our boy Mister Catfood. Is from 1975. Was originally in a comic book about Dracula. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Do you see that there? What is this? Earth and Earth six one six. That's man. canon. Main, main continuity. That's why he's here now. Aliases: Manling, Cat Food Man. Kate Bishop's <laughs> nickname for him. Dracula's mi- nickname for him was Manling. Yeah. Formerly Quincy Harker's Vampire Hunters. Yeah, he, he's had quite a career that's, I guess, landed him in New York here now. He's a TV and movie producer, freelance writer, and former Vampire Hunter. Is this guy my new hero? Do you remember the TV producer's thing when he, when he gets to Hollywood and starts yeah. making movies and stuff like that? Um, oh, man. He's... So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, he's a, he's a writer. He's a reporter and Pulp Fiction writer. I love Pulp Fiction. No, I'm just, <laughs> just the film. This is crazy. I'm just reading his whole thing. This so you get into cr- that uh, while I get into the issue. So Kate is shocked when she sees Trenchcoat at the grocery. And he tells her that he's leaving L.A. Especially after he tried to convince her to stay last time. He says he has to take the opportunity while it's presented. And asks her, uh, asks her to watch his cat. Burdened by the crazy feline, she goes back to return it. And sees Trenchcoat not only lives in a mansion... But he's on his couch in the dark, bloody, bruised, and beaten. He explains that he came to L.A. in the 90s as a writer and struck big with vampire stories. So much so that he started to be invited to big events. At one of those events, he bumped into Mr. Hudson, his much older former publisher, who died years later in a car crash. Oh, sorry, who died later in a car crash. Days after, uh, days later... 
Harold, a.k.a. Trenchcoat, saw a much younger version of Hudson running on the beach. After investigations into characters like Count Neff, short for Count Nefaria, Count Nefaria is a well-known villain in Marvel Comics. I did not know that he was the father of Madame Mask, but put those two things together. Uh, actually, she kind of mentioned that. She said her father was, was a, a was a was a was a count of the Dracula style count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her father was Dracula, basically. Uh, so Count Nefaria and her father, Count Nefaria and his daughter, have been working on life model decoys. It turns out, um, for the Hollywood elite, seemingly uh, to stay to stay hilarious. young, so they can stay young. Uh, he tried to escape once he found out all this information, but every time he's tried, Nefaria's men show up mysteriously and take him out. Kate agrees to help him, um, and her and her friends stake out the restaurant Harold is in. Suddenly, Mr. Ward, uh, who I love that she calls the me- the weed man, right? Or the weed guy? Because <laughs> he sells bud on the side. Weed man. Yeah. Uh, so, or Mr. Weed, I think she calls him sometimes. Uh, he shows up fresh out of prison and has Harold escorted out. I love that he walks up to Harold. And he's oh, like, she called weed? him the Weed Lord. There was the Weed Flint Lord. Ward, the le- uh, Flint Ward, Ward, the Flint Ward, the Weed Lord. Lord. Yeah, Flint Ward, the lead, wo- the Weed. Oh, That's, oh, oh I'm gonna get you to do that live nope, every week. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> we're good. Let's just move along. That was too nothing much for one man to handle. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Um, so <laughs> that was bad. So no, but I like Ward walks up to Harold. There's like weed, weed, and he goes, "Is this the seventies? Like, what are you doing, bro?" But that reminds me of of, of like Jamaica, uh, Jamaica Station, the, yeah, yeah, the sours, multiplex, sours, sours, yo, sours, sours. sours. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he just walks up to him. He's like, "Weed, weed." He's like, "Bro, is this the?" 70s? I wonder if Matt Fraction experienced that, and that's where he understands it from. But that's the funny thing is, Kate tried to get him locked up for the bud, but he has a license. And even now, when Homeboy's like. What is this, the 70s? He goes, no, I have it. It's free, and I got the paperwork that allows me to sell it. And I was like, I guess he's just Yeah, he, really... only, he only almost got arrested for a gun charge and a hit and run. There you go. <laughs> he but, lit- but, literally hit and run. But this is also like 20, 2013. By this point, weed was like basically decriminalized in California. There was already dispensaries right. out there. There right. was already like, you know, medical marijuana stuff. Like, And he's got, he's got the uh, license. With his um, damn so blonde is, hair. So he's good to go. Uh, b- 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 so Kate reveals herself as they carry, Har- carry Harold away and knocks out Ward, but that leads to a high speed chase after the men who abducted Harold. They, they Heisenberg us. Yeah, that was hilarious. That's they Heisenberg great. Us. Uh, they lose the men who abducted Harold, but Kate goes to the police, and while there, she is given a note signed by Madame Mask saying that she caught Harold, killed him, and placed him on the Hollywood sign. When Kate returns home to her trailer. It is on fire, meaning Mask is on to her. Um, that was pretty cold. Having Homeboy hung hung from the from the Hollywood sign and saying like, "You always wanted to have." He always wanted to escape California, and thanks to you, he has. I was like, "Damn, that's yeah." They didn't. They, they didn't. They didn't got to kill Homeboy like and that. And then and then setting fire to her trailer, her you know her little happy place, out there on the beach of California is like dangers at her door, literally right. at her door. And, and it was home. It was her home. Um, uh, this might be my favorite issue. This is if the not best issue. If not 21, but so this far, is this, damn is what, good. this was the best issue to read up so far because it's like, oh, Fraction, Fraction really, <laughs> he just doesn't want to, off- not the, I don't want to use the words offend, but he truly wants to like be inclusive right. in every single way he can. 
to give us a disability issue that doesn't seem ableist or misunderstanding of of, of um disabled people. Yeah, it was so great. The panels with the bu- the word bubbles with no words in it. Yeah, because you can't hear. Clint can't hear shit. Right. The the actual showing the basic steps to do sign language in each panel, but not like, explaining what the signs are in many cases and. Um, I I saw somebody was able to break it down, but they say before you read down read these this issue with the signs broken down, realize that it's very much intended for you not to know what's going on. That's I think that's the point. And that yeah. is the point. hundred percent. Why do dude, we got a uh, an issue from a dog's perspective, and, and we got like go with yeah, the flow. you just have to go with the flow of it. You got like a freaking key map of how to how to understand the dog's mind, but Yikes. this is like. They had a whole conversation. They're having a whole conversation in the van or the, the taxi on their yeah. way from the hospital, and there's just nothing. Just looking, nothing, and looking, and it's just you see uh, Barney screaming, Clinch just looking at him like, "Can't hear him." Yeah, like yeah. it. Oh man, Fraction really is inclusive for all walks of life, and he doesn't even have to be that walk of life for him right. to just have a basic understanding to how to make people feel either you know good or have. You have give other people an understanding of that's what these people go through. 100%. You said walks of life, and that's exactly what it is. It, uh, these things are us taking steps in somebody else's shoes for the first time. you know. And it the only way you can do that without it seeming exploitative is to go all the way with it. Do your research on it. And he had to have to find out what these signs and symbols and all that kind of stuff is. Also, they could have done it any other way. They didn't even have to deafen the guy. They could have left it as some like what if that happened that didn't really yeah. happen. Like they could have they could have done anything they wanted, but to just give us an entire page of just nothing but two pieces of sign language that you don't even get an understanding of. So you don't know what kind of conversation they have. You just know Clint's upset, Barney can't console him and now Barney is, is upset because yeah. he walks out calling him a stubborn ass. Yeah. Um, the issue actually opens up with Clint as a kid being diagnosed with severe hair loss uh, thanks to um, an injury. Again, head cannon. I'm thinking that his dad did something not not worth a damn and might have caused some injury. <laughs> oh, 100%. Uh, which, that sucks. Um, we I could be completely wrong, and if I am, let me know, uh, fans out there, if you know why he, canonically he well, had severe hearing loss as a child. Uh, we fast forward to present day where he and Barney, who is wheelchair bound, are in the hospital because of the clown's actions from their uh, latest adventure. But besides being injured, they would live. They go home and uh, and elsewhere, Ivan is picked up at the airport by the clown, who gives him a handgun to take care of his rat problem in Brooklyn. Barney tells Clint to shower and goes to check in on the tenants, the goon held hostage in the latest adventure. I guess what I didn't realize was that he was, like, macking it to that lady. And they start, like, almost a relationship. Her, that lady, and her two and her two kids. Yeah, I was just about to ask. Like, are they, like, in, like, a, some kind of relationship? I she thought got... he was just checking in to check in, but I think they might be they, they, There's got to be some, some kind of spark because the way she – you could just see the way, like, she has her arms around him, the hand yeah. on the chest, and she's, like, kissing him on the forehead with, like, a smile. It's like the kids are calling him Uncle Barney. And listen – Anytime kids call a strange man that their mother knows uncle, yeah, 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 you already if know. Not, if he's not on some sort of registry, that means he's probably a good person. Oh well, he's definitely not on no registry. We, <laughs> the Bartons ain't like that, man. The Barton boys ain't like that. They ain't like that. Um, God, like look at these. Like it just it just blows my mind of how this is good it. these are. This is it right here, bro. Afterwards, him and Clint go on the roof to chat. 
But instead of talking, Clint signs, which infuriates Barney. He's also drinking, Clint is. Barney tells him, you're deaf, not mute. Say something. And Clint matches his frustration by yelling, they took everything, Barney. To which his brother responds, not yet, before punching him in the face. And then that punch just, like, it sends flashbacks to, like... In a, bro- in a brilliant scene mimicking what the brothers used to do in the past, Clint fires a fist back, letting his frustration out on his brother, who taught him how to get back up after being knocked down. Uh, when it's over, Barney tells him that he can get everything back. So that whole thing, that whole scene, that whole moment, I was like, damn. But not the, the, it, it, you have to read it by swipe. Yeah. If you was to just look real quick by swipe, look how panel each... Panel to panel. Panel mm-hmm. to panel, each scene just looks great, just... Bam! So, just that's ev- the direction. That's panel direction. That's Yo, art in look, itself. Look at like they're just so, like that's how they're. T- oh man! I can see like, little Clint with blood coming out of his nose because his brother's trying to teach him how to fight and stay back up. You like, know that's a oh, lot. Oh man, it's a like, lot. But yeah, that's what Barney did for him. Barney made it seem made it sure that no one would ever pick on him like their father did ever again. It was Clint is the younger brother. Barney's yeah. the older brother, right? Yeah. And Barney taught Clint how to act. How to do the punch. These are the knuckles you want to do the punch. Take a punch <laughs> and take them down. Like yeah. with gravity, use gravity. She. He also taught him how to shoot because he taught him how to aim those quarters and shoot the the which no the nickels because nickels, he nickels. said you want you yeah. wanted at like the perfect fucking size. This is a great. This just brings me back to Tom King's Mister Miracle. Yeah, with the whole um Orion the and panels. No, it's yeah. the Orion and Scott Free of Orion punching him, saying, "Get on you know, stand." That he's standing. the life equation or something like that, right? What he was saying to him, so you understand that you are the. Because <laughs> he, oh, he could only answer in like uh like uh, what yes was it factuals? Like yeah, it could only yeah, be like yes and no. He can't like answer in a question in the form of a question. Yeah, it's yeah. like, are you the anti-life? No, like you know, are you it true that you're very mad? Yeah, you are you uh, are you certain that being mad is part of the anti-life? Yeah, so does that also mean that you're part of? You're <laughs> yeah, that's that's great writing, and that's also his brother. I guess no, they're 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 not there. actually brothers, right. but. I mean, you know, kind of in a sense, like they're brothers through war. Yeah, they're, 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 it's like, all right, look at it. Isn't it's, Fargo. A real, it's a real satchel and zero That's situation. What I was gonna say exactly. It's like it's Fargo real. season four. It's very satchel. It's like if satchel and zero became like, like you know, actual heroes together. Yeah, I didn't think y'all were gonna get a Fargo reference in this. Uh, oh, Hawkeye Fargo series, all day, people. This is where we're at right now in life, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Clint later, Clint calls a meeting again, teary eyed, bro tear coming out of the eye. Clint calls a meeting on the roof and explains that he's been deafened and uh, gets Barney to translate for him. Seeing him up there in his suit and just admitting that he has a disability to all his tenants, that really choked me up in a weird way. Because he never asks for help, ever. And now he's standing there and he's um, giving this inspiring speech and mixing in with his inspiring speech to the tenants is a flash forward where we see that Clint and Barney have sort of kind of taken it upon themselves to extract justice to the uh, tracksuit goons. Yeah, a lot of arrows, a lot of bats flying, a lot of dead gasoline, people. A lot of gasoline. They tear apart their uh, gambling establishment and their vans and set them all on fire before confessing their actions to Jessica Drew uh, as Clint asks for her help. Real good brother uh, brother issue there. I, I, oh, man. How do these two... Like, I didn't even know that there, that this guy existed. This and, is the thing, though, that kills me is that those issue, those um, a lot of those scenes are beautiful to me, it, but in the full scope of it, they're they are a bit horrifying, right? 
Yeah, but yeah. The fraction's able to find that beauty in that imperfection. And that's very hard. I mean, I just saw Inside Out yesterday, right? So it's like uh, where somebody would see these memories as full-on sad, Clint sees as moments of inspiration, you know? And they are. They are moments all of, of those, Yeah, all those abusive flashbacks or him jumping across this table and just going after oh, his father. Oh, yeah, when he Yo, his own dad. That yeah. was great. And then he just comes into his like, comes upstairs to the room and he's got like his face is like smashed yeah, in. Yeah, Barney's like, yeah, that was kind of dumb of you, <laughs> but... But uh, I'm going to help you out with this punching thing. And I guess that's what it is, is that Clint, up until this point, we know that Clint doesn't like asking for help. But then we actually saw that he was helped as a child, you know, uh, by his brother. And that's what's led him to be kind of be the person that he is now. Um, In that moment, again, right, gambling, gambling establishment on fire, vans on fire, two brothers back to back with arrows. We don't go back to this. We're going to go to L.A. for a little bit. So Let's, let's just go to L.A. Yeah. Uh, There's like filler. It's a filler. Bit, it's a little bit a of a filler. Bit. It's not that I'm mad. I'm not mad. I don't want any reader to think that I'm mad. And I also think filler has kind of translated to having a negative connotation. Yes, 100%. Now, but the thing is, episodes and comics and series do need to be filled out. They do need to be of some sort of... Because if you was to throw yeah. everything into right then and there, boom... Yeah. You're talking like five episodes in an actual season. Done. Like right. take out all the filler of like Jessica Jones and stuff like that. How many episodes would you truly have? I think if you can see that things could have been tied up a lot sooner, it becomes an issue. But I think what you can do with this is say that things don't get tied up until Kate comes back. And Kate is busy. Whether or not you think what Kate's busy with is important doesn't matter. She is busy. And until she comes back, we won't have the ending that we need. Um, so let's get to Kate. Kate is arrested for the death of Harold, but is released on bail with no evidence to keep her. When she goes to see who freed her, it was the couple she helped with the orchids and Harold himself, alive and well, to which she faints. Uh, he explains that Madame Mask has been using LMDs, life model decoys, to kill Harold and bring him back for 20 years, uh, but they have a plan. Using the florist, they know who works with mask they sneak kate in as a sushi girl in hopes of obtaining evidence that can lock mask away harold being familiar with the villain offered to escort kate in and distract mask while she grabbed the data looking through the files it is revealed that her own father is working with or for nefaria the father of madame mask and just then her goons enter and try to apprehend kate who uses her skills to get away as revenge for having the trailer burned down, Kate commits arson on Madame Mask's mansion, and the LMD she keeps as security come out on fire to attack her. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's just horrifying. Uh, with Mask right behind them. Before Mask can shoot Kate, S.H.I.E.L.D. shows up and arrests her, and Kate before they can do anything. Later, Kate is interviewed by S.H.I.E.L.D. about what, ha what happened, and she spills the beans, but they won't let her know what they're going to do about it, hinting that they will cover it up. In anger, she goes to the grocery store to confront Harold, who basically set her up, and he admits to doing so before walking away. Dejected, Kate heads home, but not before a tearful goodbye to the couple who helped her. As she drives home, she calls her father and besides telling him she will never use his money again, threatens that when they see each other, they will indeed have words. I thought that was a pretty badass conversation. He, he was a bit of an asshole, though. It's like, but Kate, I pay your bills. Where are you going to go? I it's love like, that call at the end of that of that thing where she's like, listen, 
This is what's going to happen. I don't want to hear nothing about it. I don't need your money. I'm on my way back home. What do you think overall about Kate's little voyeuristic uh, trip to L.A.? That 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 about puts an end to all that. You well, know, so she, she helped a couple people bad. with flowers. <laughs> it, it wasn't bad because it's like this is a Kate who is young, strong, cocky, very, very, very like, you know, she's abrasive. She wants to be a superhero so badly. She yeah. has the means to do it. She was given the blessing of a mantle, a very personal mantle that she, like, you know, takes care of. Like, I could also see her seeing at one point when Hawkeye's at his worst, I could see her seeing it as him holding her back. You know? Like, yeah. I got I to gotta be with this sad sack, depressing, <laughs> you know, uh, Archer. He's supposed to be my mentor and my, and my hero and all this kind of stuff, but he can't get out of his own head for a second. To do something good. So I'm going to go and, and forge my own path. Um, and I think that poetically, she realizes that it's a lot harder than it than it either needs to be or she thought it was going to be. And they're stronger together. Those Hawkeyes are stronger together. Oh, 100%. Like when – from the earlier issues, when they were doing the whole um, – what was it? When they were at that uh, party? Yeah, and like she's jumping in the in the pool, and he's like has like her back from up there. Like she has his back from up there. Like yeah. when you get to see them two together actually be a team, it's great. But it's also it's like there still wasn't. I I know by um because you have to go by context wise. There wasn't going to be enough of that between them in the beginning yeah. because he was very adamant about like stay here. I'm yeah. going to do this mission. This is a suicide mission. You stay here. I go there. Right. So being able to see Kate. On her own, without her mentor stopping her every five seconds, or her having to go against his wishes and save him, anyways. Yeah. Like with the whole Madam Mask thing, like getting to see her—I uh, don't want to use the words unhinged, but off the leash. Yeah. Getting to see her off the leash and do her own thing, she gets to learn and experience that sometimes being a uh, you know a vigilante crime fighter, especially in some places like corrupt as L.A. Yeah. Really ain't the easiest. It might be easier to be a crime fighter in New York than L.A. through comics, like. And like you said, you know, she falls, but she's meant to fall. This is her first ride on the bike, right? This is her oh, pushing, yeah. this is her yeah, pushing yeah, yeah. Clint away and saying, I don't need training wheels. I got this. And then as she rounds the corner, busting her ass. Um, Clint's not there to see and to judge. So, like, at the end of the first issue where she's a, where she's away, she loses everything. She has no money. She has no place to stay. Uh, she has no bow. She has to sit there and sweet talk the guy for the bow. Remember, she goes to, yeah. the, to like the sporting goods store and gives him the whole spiel about like, I never had a job before, but it's not because I didn't want one. It's because you know whatever. Um, and so Kate really found out what Kate was made of in that moment. She's a survivor, and she's not gonna let nobody take that away from her going forward, including Clint in many ways. She's also very, know? she's also very intelligent. Yeah. I didn't bring it up before, but since it's the same episode, man, when she realized who who Madame Mask was, yeah, just by the. It was like I'm guessing it was it was the speech pattern yeah. and it was everything about the voice was oh now I recognize that voice but like the whole you see her talking about kids smoking cigarettes and then her the flashback of the thing that she asked her and in in a in a sitcom her throwing away the poison would be a joke like ha, ha, she would ha, throw ha, it away and it wouldn't be poison like it would be her being a kid and being paranoid but it literally was poison she was and, smart and, uh, to dump it all right also that first 
that that annual, I do love her inner monologues being animated as like a yes. little kid. Kate. Like stick figure. It was like it was a stick figure with a big like expressionate head, and she's just saying funny things like "Oh crap, oh crap, oh crap, oh yeah, crap." I'm yeah. just mama like. <laughs> I'm just like, yo, this is actually pretty. Cause how old is she here? She got to be like 19, right? Maybe younger. Ah, uh, that's a good question. Like, how, how old would she how literally old be? Is Kate Bishop. I'm not 100% sure. She was in the Young Avengers. I don't know if that has an age cutoff. Um, I think Kang's also in there, so I don't think it has an age cutoff that bad. But um, I'm trying to think of, like, Hallmark. I don't think she mentions being in school at all. Uh, Are you finding anything on your end there? Yeah, I'm looking to see if there's anything. There really (laughs) isn't isn't anything. There's an actress named Kate Bishop, and she's 75 years old. I found that out. Is that that's hilarious? So is that worth Kate anything? Bishop Marvel. Let's go age. Uh, ah, here we go. An Ultimate Marvel version of Kate Bishop appears as a fifteen-year-old classmate of Miles Morales. No, that's something different. That's in uh, that's in the Bendis's. Ultimate Ultimate Comics. Catherine Bishop six one six. All right, maybe here we can get something because I I really I need to like the way she talks, the way she asks. She's not teenage, but she's not exactly thirty. Right, she's she's somewhere in that middle. I give her like twenty two. I would go twenty two too. Also, I would. Yep. She okay. So she at least drives. Right. What age is that? Depending, it'd be sixteen. Yeah. Higher than okay. So higher than sixteen. She doesn't have school, so I'll put her past eighteen. Can she drink? She goes to that club to see Kazoo. And she was being able to legally drink. Okay, so she's so, a, so she's a, of legal age, but she's still an adolescent, like a young adult a young adolescence. Adult, yeah. Like you know, yeah. she's very young adultish. Imagine being that young and give, getting a convertible and driving to L.A. to start a new life because you feel like it, just because you feel like it. Yeah, I don't know how she went, how she got from New York to L.A. without noticing her credit card was declined. But I'm not gonna poke holes into great writing. Well, I mean, I'm surprised she got a room book and everything before her credit card ended up being declined because she settles. She she's on the on the pool side. When they come up to her to tell her that that all of it's gone, maybe the car she put on hold uh, had a little bit a scratch on it. If I was her, I would have just taken Clint's black card. Yeah, right. I mean, she literally took it from his prison wallet. I just wanted to be able to say prison <laughs> you wallet. Really, you really wanted. Back. He really wanted two weeks in a row to prison wallet. Back to back prison wallet. Uh, Easter eggs, people. You if you God. can connect those two, you win a prize somehow, oh. some way. Maybe the prize is in your own prison wallet. Then you go ahead and <laughs> listen. The true prison wallet is the friends we made along the way. That's all that really matters. <laughs> Our penultimate Jesus. issue opens with the Barton Boys. Barton Boys. Good old Barton Boys. Clint shows Barney the money in the duffel bag, asking if he's with him all the way, and warning that if he steals it, he'll kill him. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, because he's like, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't fucking me. He's like, I, he's like, I know, I know you're on my side. But by the way, if you take that money, I will hunt you down and I will kill you. <laughs> but you're still good, right? We're still good to go attack those guys. Don't yeah. worry, you're my little brother. Same but I will kill you. Right? But remember, take the money and I'll kill you. Uh, Jessica stops by for moral support. And after apologies, the two kiss. Aw. Bendito. And we see that Cherry is back in town. Do you have any problem with me calling her Cherry when that's not her real name? I don't even remember her real well, name. that's why we'll be calling her Cherry from now on. <laughs> Uh, the tenants get ready to protect their building, and we see a fleet of unmarked vans arrive at the front porch of Clint's building. What I do love is these two issues, in my opinion, are very much third act, are very much big picture, third act, uh, finale kind of stuff. Because all of these vans, more vans than have ever come, 
show up to the front of Clint's building, each full of tracksuit goons wielding machine guns and being led by Ivan, who's with the clown. Clint takes his brother to the roof so he can be safe in his wheelchair. And when the goons get to the front door, Gil's dad dumps barbecue grills full of burning charcoal on them. From the bro, roof. he was standing there looking like he was ready for a fight. Nah, this is the war, bro. B. He was. This is, I thought there was torches on the roof. I'm like, what is on the roof? Why are there no, no, things no. on fire? He's standing there with his hands on his hips between two burning pits of of barbecue, looking like if like he literally looks like the war is happening, gentlemen. And it's, are you ready? It's very lightly drawn there. But somehow, as these, these, uh, what are they called? What are the charcoal little rocks called? Br- biscuits or something like that? I think they were called that. Biscuits, something like that, right? Biscuits or something like that. I, I yeah. couldn't remember. As, I'd just call them charcoal chunks. Yeah, as, they co- as they're coming down, Flint is hitting them with the arrows and sending them down. There are many charcoal-tipped arrows on fire coming down on the people. So they're getting rained on. By fire and arrows. You just know that this man, Gil Sr., was in the goddamn war. And this is the beginning of, like, oh, they, they've been planning something. Like, they've been planning defenses. Um, one of the tenants locks the door, while another gets Clint's car and crashes it into the front so no one else can come in. The goons climb the fire escape, but instead, when they get inside, they see tons of furniture blocking the staircase. Where Ivan and his men cornered, Clint opens fire but is shot from behind by the clown. He manages to fire back before escaping through a hole in the roof of one of the apartments. But while there, an elderly woman knocks him out with a baseball bat. I'm guessing that's Ivan's mother? I'm, I'm assuming because she she's, been, she's, she's, been, she's been in there since since Lucky's episode. You're right. That was the old woman that uh, one of the tracksuit guys, the clown. Now that you say that, and the uh, old first wo- of all, I didn't get that. Um... And he, uh, Barney has repeatedly asked, how are they getting in the house? But she was she's also, the mole in she, the, yeah, because she's she, the mole in the house. She, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming that, yeah, she was the mole in the place because that's, you see the, that panel of her opening it and like three tracksuit guys are just yeah. coming in. So yeah, yeah, she's definitely working with We had them. a grandma mole in here the whole time with the Ruskies, uh, trying to, trying to rustle something up. She beats him unconscious with that baseball bat. Yo, she, you, she went in with that bat. When, uh, he comes to. He can see that they're on the roof, and Barney uh, is also on the roof, and they're asking about a safe. Barney undoes his restraints and starts to beat back his attackers when he's stabbed in the back. That whole scene, I like the uh, exposition of it, where he's like, I can't really hear what they're talking about. They're saying something about a safe. Oh my god, Barney's there. Is Barney dead? Barney, are you alright? And then he sees Barney undo his... undo his... uh restraints and he's like oh yeah i know what barney's gonna do barney's gonna make him hurt and he starts to fight back uh in this awesome scene of of him fighting back his attacker from his wheelchair but even while all that's happening boom stabbed in the back clinton is able to take the knife wielder down and holds his brother as he loses consciousness as he sits there desperate lucky who clinton hasn't seen since kate left is there looking at him with an arrow in his mouth and at the time, because of the reading order here, I didn't really get... I thought he was just happy to see Lucky. I didn't realize that he hasn't seen Lucky since Kate left. Which so, would be a few, at least a couple of months at least. Yeah. Enough time for all the Madam Man stuff to go down. And enough time for all the Barney stuff to go down. Because, yeah, because how, how long... That at stuff, least a couple weeks. Let's say a month. I would say a month because that would take at least a good two weeks of preparation and planning. Yeah. I mean, they got charcoal fires and arrows. And, and that staircase full of luggage. 
and stuff. Like, Jesus, they really went all out. No, nah, they weren't playing. It, Brooklyn don't play, though. So it is. You Brooklyn mess with apartment. one of us, you mess with all of us. Like Brooklyn apartment. Um, our finale sees Cherry open the mysterious safe. I love the fact that when you're reading it, it literally says uh, the finale in 2015. It says like spring of 2015 here. Like get ready dun, for dun, the dun. get ready for all to wait a whole long time. I would have been on my toes though, man. If I was reading this issue, like I can't wait for the damn Hawkeye finale. But it's the same thing with Sex Criminals. We waited for so long that now that it's out, I'm like I have to now go back and read Sex Criminals. No, I'm that's that's to, the whole thing is I literally have to there. read it because what the last time I read Sex Criminals was when we covered it. Right. That was that was the last time I read it at least. And that was the issue with like Doomsday Clock. Like I have I still have to read that the whole thing from beginning to end because oh I did when we covered it. But um initially they were just disjointed. I kind of vaguely remembered what happened in the last issue and I was able to tie it in. So I'm glad we were able to read this through because together it really just feels like a long movie. When I pull out all the the you know the superfluous stuff, it does plot. Which we're like definitely gonna have to one movie. day finish off Sex Criminals. Oh yeah, yeah. we got because there's only like there's only like six seven issues ish left. Like I heard my man man Fraction has a pretty good run of Iron Fist. No way. Yeah, I heard. I mean, but it's gonna... Fraction, so that's what I'm saying. He I'm might winning, make you I'm up. Winning up. Go, <laughs> I'm going to go to Fraction to you know to see the rest of that. Oh, know? and then you have to go back and watch season one again. Like, what's, a, what's a bad comic book movie you don't like? You can say that you just don't like off the top of your head. It, off the top of my head, it would be Justice League. Okay, but if they were like, okay, we're doing a new Justice League and it's being directed by Noah Hawley. It would perk your interest a little bit, right? Just a little my, bit. My ears would raise. You know, something like bit. that happened. That's like, what it's like. I was like looking through Mad Fraction stuff and I saw Iron Fist and I was like, Iron Fist. We, 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 we might. We might be touching up on something like <laughs> We might. Um, so yeah, Cherry opens the mysterious safe and Ivan and the clown come up behind her to ask what's inside. She pulls a gun out on them and, asks, and it aims it at them while suddenly an arrow is shot. And Clint comes breaking in through the window. I love how they literally animated his like com- combat role through the window uh, with his bow drawn. Lucky comes in and attacks Ivan while Clint is aimed at the clown. Kate arrives after just getting into town with Lucky and joins the standoff. There's an image that I'm going to end up using for um, the episode. Where Kate's just standing there with the dog. Yep. yep. <laughs> and this and this like, one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's, exactly, the, that's one of the greatest. That's exactly the image I'm ever. using. Ever. She got the sunglasses on. She's just too cool for school, man. She just look, and I just, I am so excited to just see my girl Steinfeld like this. It's yeah. gonna, Steinfeld's gonna kill it. And while She's she was, gonna a, kill and it. while she was like a nervous. Uh, you know, eyes full of wonder protege when she left. Now she's been a little bit hardened by her uh, adventures with Madame Mask, you know? I mean, she literally looks dope. She, it, it's like full circles. Like we're starting, we started off the, the series. She was a normal, young, headstrong, full of life type of sidekick. Who wasn't even sure if she deserved the mantle. Now we sure. have this girl wearing the same exact type of face bandages and that bandages. Clint was. Yep. She and has the, purple, the ba- rock still rocking the purple, knowing, you know, um, even the even the illustration where they put the purple on her shades yeah. is so great. Like the Very details, badass. everything about it. You, you see the purple in the in the arrow wings. She didn't have to come in there with aviators, but she did because that's that's a, that's a style. That's a stilo. Um, she uses a, a, a like a, a dynamite arrow, grenade arrow to blow up the the obstructions, so she can run up and and join the standoff with uh, those guys upstairs. There's nothing nothing beats being able to slide panel by panel and just seeing boom boom 
Marvel, they do it. Marvel Unlimited is awesome. This is really, yeah, this is really great. Um, what I love is I think it's in this scene where he says something like, "Um, you're right there, Hawkeye." She's like, "I'm doing as good as I can, Hawkeye." And I was like, yeah, my Hawkeye. Like, come on, tell me that's, yeah, <laughs> they, the Hawkeyes are here to Cold, kill it. Code words, you understand? Code words, they're here to kill it. So like, can you hear me, Hawkeye? Us, I can hear you, Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> you Muppet. <laughs> you really are a fucking star, aren't you? What I like is that Kate immediately shoots the gun out of Cherry's hand. I don't think Kate likes Cherry. I don't think anyone likes Cherry but Clint. Nobody likes Cherry but Clint. The clown aims his gun at Kate, but Lucky jumps to attack him and is shot for his efforts. This is the second time they break my heart, and Lucky gets some sort of damage done to him. I was like, oh, no, son of a... In anger, Clint spears the clown, and the two go hand-to-hand. Still in Clint's apartment are Ivan, Cherry, Lucky, and Kate. Clint and the clown battle. In a great fight of just him, because he ran out of... That was it. He can't reload anymore. He only had two blasts. So now this man's wielding the shotgun. Uh, Clint's wielding his bow, and they're, they're just, just they're going fighting. Oh man, and this would look so great live action. And it's well directed in panels in art. You can tell what's happening. They like knock into a into a like a what you call it, right? Into a closet. <laughs> that looks pretty cool. Like God damn, the kicks, the standoff, everything about this whole oh, fight. Oh, that's was what just... happens. They they battle into a stock room. And with uh, the clown dead to rights, um, Clint refuses to kill him. Unfortunately, the clown pulls out a handgun, taxi driver style. Yep, straight or straight Mike Milligan style. Yeah, Mike Milligan style. Uh, I was trying to think of where I first saw that. It's taxi driver. It was, ta- right? it was taxi driver. Taxi driver is the one who familiarized that like spring loaded arm. That was one hundred percent taxi. Because this man made system. it. <laughs> this man made it with his um with his table and yeah. chair. Yeah. He was like cutting the legs off of his like TV stand. That's and, what like, I remember. Edging from, it down. I, I think they also did it probably in Django. Or that something. was Christoph Waltz. And, oh, okay, uh, yeah. That's well, no, it was first shown when it was first done like that. It was Django. Django yeah. killed one of the Brittle brothers. Bam! Yeah. Just straight like that. I like the way you die, boy. Right. Then it was Christoph Waltz killing DiCaprio. With all of that it taxi was, driver uh, Travis Bickle. Good old Travis Bickle. Taking his, another, another, well, not Brooklyn Knight, but New York City alum, <laughs> at the very least. Uh, and so he shoots Clint in the chest. In Clint's apartment, Kate has Ivan and Cherry by gunpoint, and Cherry asks Kate to shoot Ivan, but instead she puts an arrow through his hand for what he, they did to Lucky. So that was pretty uh, cool, too, where she throws the gun. She's like, I'm not going to shoot you because you're unarmed. And so she throws him a handgun, but Man, while it's in midair, she stabs through his hand with the... She shoots an arrow through his hand. That was for the dog, you son of a bitch. <laughs> now you're playing with Lucky. We see that the tracksuit goons get surrounded by the other tenants who have rallied up, which I thought was pretty cool too. The neighborhood watch uh, that rallies up in front of the goons and like, you guys better stay down. And when the clown aims to the kill shot at Clint's head, Kate pushes the gun away. Uh, Kate and the clown scuffle while Clint takes out a what, Dan? A toothpick or a pencil? I have... No, I even dear. I feel like the structure of it speaks pencil, but the size of it speaks toothpick. And he pulls out one of these things from his pocket. Oh, um, I'm not gonna. Wait a minute. Looks like a small pencil, like a really whittled down pencil. Yeah, now pencil. that I'm looking at it. Wait. Th- or no, 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 no. That was that? the funeral. Remember Gil's funeral? Yeah. 
when um his collar oh, kept going up, so Kate put the thing, she pinned it with a little metal she piece. Like, don't touch your collar <laughs> because it's gonna stay down that way. Right, and right, yes, right. that's that's a little collar holder. So that's her like collar a tip holder. And if you see, look at the way he does it from each one. He literally goes into his collar. And pulls out the little metal piece that she That's gave what him. That's it is. Okay, yeah. that makes a lot more sense than a pencil or Which anything. is also, it, not only is it a callback, it proves that that detail was 100% important. And she gave it to him. And that's the thing. She so gave much, it to so him. So much of the stuff is said, Um, I don't know how to say it. Like, it's said so easily because there's so many conversations being had that you're not necessarily sure all of what is key and all of what isn't, you know? Um, but almost everything that is said is there for a reason. Well, That's this is why... also the third time that we've seen Clint snap. Yeah. Like the first time was just him impressing the neighbors, hitting little beer bottles. The second time you saw it, his brother was teaching him how to do it Yeah. and break bottles. And now the third time you're seeing the whole trick of that, of that, he's stabbing this dude in the eye. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, you know, great writing is just, it, the details are there. It's like, wow. Not only that, but it's like... <sighs> It also speaks to the training of Barney, right? Because Barney says, take anything you can around you and use it to... to and that's also you know. great that it comes back into play. That it, it That's who taught Clint that anything can be a weapon if you need to survive. Right. And um, in that moment, Clint is taking something that is probably wildly seen as very sophisticated and using it to do very rudimentary, gross downright bad stuff with it by it's you know. a dress up attire right you right. wear this to go to a, to a wedding you know right. like let me just put my collar down right uh but yeah um he shoots it into the clown's eye before knocking him out he uses the av cables to tie him up which i thought was funny as well um and kate says something but clint still can't hear so this guy's just gonna be death forever now i guess i guess so well we see that he has a in later in the episode episode in the issue he has a um hearing aid so Stark, Stark, Banner, uh, Pym, somebody made him uh, like a supersonic hearing aid. That's another thing. I was watching Avengers Endgame and then even thinking back to like the Avengers uh, in 2012. So many like um, ear communicators. And at the time and even before then, think Iron Man uh, 2008. We didn't have single bud ear things that we can tap and talk to but now we do so now it's like oh so they just walking around with earbuds <laughs> and they make time. them look if not even the airpods themselves i have seen legit bluetooth headphones yeah that are legit you like know what it, and you know where it all came from you want to know mm. where it all started right. the world's smallest bluetooth from the uh, office episode yes where, he, where pam and jim wanted to talk to each other all the time yeah, so yeah, was, yeah that's true it was the world's smallest bluetooth yeah 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 no that's totally true and then he was just oh because everyone whole, thought who they were talking, talking to other people yeah. yeah the whole gym and the, jim was like with uh dwight who are you yeah. talking to huh who's that's in there what's yeah <laughs> uh oh man uh, b- 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 later the cops and ambulances show up to tend to the tenants Clint goes to the roof to check on Barney but he's nowhere to be found and neither is the duffel bag for the money we see Clint in the apartment with Jessica Natasha Bobby Kate and Cherry Jesus this man is listen listen this man's the luckiest man in the world and when Cherry leaves we see that she has boarded the same plane as the elder tracksuit leaders did you get that? Oh, yes. She thinks that she's getting away. Look who's in front of her. The grandma and the grandpa from the wow. tracksuit mafia. <laughs> so she's dead, basically, anyways. Basically. Like, that's my headcanon. That was funny at... as hell. I was like, oh, yeah. You're not. Because she always thinks she's ahead of everybody. You're not ahead of everybody. 
Um, all of this has caused Kingpin and his cabal of street villains to set their sights on killing both Hawkeyes. I'm a, I, I kept trying to name every one of them, and the only ones that I can... Uh, that's Hammerhead. Can picture again? That's Hammerhead and Tombstone, right? I could tell you right now who. Name, okay. Name. So the one on the le- the one on the left he looking like Wolverine. The one on the left he mentions. Remember being good at AV cables. This He's, one. Yeah, the one with the like Wolverine hair. That other guy looks like that swordsman dude. That, that is the sword. Yes, that's the definitely thing. the swordsman. Mister Negative is the third one from the Spider-Man video game, PS4 video game. That's Madame Mask. Madame right? Mask is four. Five that would be is Tombstone. Tombstone. Six looks like Count. Some I mean, no, count. this one. Wait, this one's. Tombstone. I thought that was what. Isn't there a Hammerhead? Villain? That probably is Hammerhead. That's, that's Tombstone. Tombstone. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure who the other people are, but yeah, a who's who of, of it's a who's who of Marvel uh, villains. Yeah, street, uh, street Marvel. Villains. Which honestly, I as much as we favor DC, as much as we love DC, because let's just be honest with you, the, the they have a lot better comic book writers sometimes. Like yeah, you know, there's 100%. just but. If there's one thing that Marvel succeeds at that DC could never do, and I personally stand that DC could never do this, is making simple humanoid type villains. I, I like Kingpin, like a normal guy yeah. who just has a lot of wealth and power. People yeah. like Tombstone and Madame Mask, like these normal like these criminal underground can be a bit fantastical. They ha- it's like they have to be the the super villains they have to be jokers and like look at Luthers the tracks mafia they ain't got no powers none of them got powers they out just here but they all got the thing is, is they're not even really anything on a radar they're no. just in charge of buying a couple of blocks so they can open up a super mall like but as bobby states like that does take time and it takes effort and it takes money like you may not have known that they've been doing this for a while but they know and they were set to take over this entire radius until you bought that one building that's caused all this. Now. And that was the domino effect of he just wanted to make sure his tent, his his neighbors weren't on the on the streets. And then bam. Speaking of which, Bobby, they talk about uh, Bobby forging his signature. Is Bobby signing his divorce papers for him? I think so. That's the only thing I could think of why she would need his signature, and to do it for him and in front of him just feels very weird. Uh, but I, I, uh, Clint's arm is also in a sling, so I think maybe, um, his. Bro, shot... everybody's injured here. Even the dogs got bandages. Maybe his, maybe his signing hand wasn't. Oh, his signing hand wasn't working right. Wasn't working, so they signed it for him. Uh, Barney calls and confesses to stealing the money, saying he's using it to heal some wounds with the tenant he started to date and her two kids. I freaking knew it. I freaking knew it. He says the money is going to keep them happy for a long time. And we see uh, them all at sea. My man, Barney with the jungle fever. My man, Barney, ready to be a <laughs> he's stepfather. Tired. He's tired out here on the streets. Bro, he wants to be a stepfather, my man, over he's tired here. out here in the streets. Clint swears that he'll find him, but Barney says he won't. And Clint figures it's time to refocus. He picks up his bow and goes to his training room and is joined, with, joined by Kate, who says no words. They aim their bows in unison, firing at the same time. To end the series. You know, I'm going to end up having to go back on my word of last week of how I expected or wanted the Hawkeye show to go. Okay. Because after, like, the last, like, three issues, from meeting Barney, like, Barney Barton, yeah. to, like, the last, like, like 17 to 21 here, or 22, I'm just like, damn, I kind of want this, but not <laughs> this. I, 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 right. I could go with the whole... Everything with the whole um the work wife and the relationship problems and him and Kate on the outs and stuff like or at least save at least save like a him and Kate's on the outs thing for like a season two or three type thing if it's gonna go like that. But if it this is just gonna be some quick and easy mini series, yeah. Give me the clown. 
Give me the tracksuit mafias. Well, the clown's coming. The clown is coming. It's confirmed, and he's he's on his way. <laughs> so the clown's coming. Good. Yeah. So give me the clown. Give me the tracksuit mafias. I don't need kingpins and tombstones and hammerheads and madam masks. But if you want to throw that in there, I'm not gonna say no. I am definitely not gonna say no. But after reading all of this, it's like, damn, you could and actually you do can, something here. And you can like, I don't think madam, I don't think introducing madam mask or the clown or any of those people will um derail like the rest of the MCU, right? Like, Not I don't at think all. those guys are, are that big that they would change the, the landscape of everything moving forward. I, I don't at least I don't think so. Um the clown is being played by an actor named Frafi. That's his name. He was in Lemiz, Animals, uh The Laureate Pixie. I don't know what Lemiz. His name is F R A F E E. F R A two different names, two different first and last name, Fra Fra. Yes. I mean, he kind of sort of looks just like him. <laughs> That's funny. Wait, where the hell is his? And you said he was in Les Mis. Yeah, he played. Oh, I can't even pronounce that. Corfeirac. Oh my God! I know who you're talking about. He's playing Kazi. In Hawkeye, that's crazy. You know, that's crazy. You know, that's actually pretty cool. Hey, born May twentieth. Good for you, buddy. He looks. He looks like he can like, put on that white face paint. I wonder if they go full white face paint. I full hope they pancake. go blonde. Full pancake makeup. Though I'm not gonna lie, if they go pancake makeup with the little eye design, but they keep him with black hair, I won't be all the way mad. Because he doesn't look like he could pull off blonde at all, but he does have like, like this face right here definitely has that like. That thousand dollar stare, right? That's the million. Yeah. That's that's because that's the million thing, dollar stare. For the most part, the character is portrayed as being incredibly handsome. He just yes. had a hell of a a life that you know got him to where he's at now. Uh, yeah. So so far, uh, we have Brian Darcy James in an uncredited role, but he's going to be there for eight episodes. Please tell. Wait, let me see. That could be a Barney. Brian Darcy James. He was in. Spotlight, uh, Shrek the Musical, uh, Ghost Town. Oh, as God, Irish Shrek had a musical? Uh, apparently. I've never seen any Shrek. Oh, my God. It looks like it's live action as well. That's not great. And you said, what's his name? His name is Brian Darcy, but spelled D, you know, dash, uh, or D. Yep, apostrophe. there we go. Da- there we go. Doesn't that look like a Barney? You know, he's something. Uncredi- he's, in, he's credited being in eight episodes, but not, there's no name. This fucking guy. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's... that's. I'm that, going Barney. That's Barney. That's Barney in all sense of the word. And then Tony Dalton, like we said, is going to be playing um, uh, Jack Duquesne, which I believe is the swordsman. Uh, Vera Farmiga will be playing uh, Caitlin Bishop's mother, Eleanor Bishop. Um, we don't get her. Get her. Doesn't she... Isn't she dead in the... No, she. Oh, yeah, you're right. She was dead in the thing because she. Was I could have sworn because he was. Yeah, I could have sworn that. Maybe that's what happens. Oh, who knows? About to go down though. Uh, can't wait till this damn series starts. And it was really fun going over all of this stuff here. Um, and they are keeping a lot of those things close to the chest, but I can't help but think that they'll be putting out a lot of stuff from here. So before we wrap this episode up, let's go one for one. Three things that we would love to see. Not necessarily think we're going to, but would love to see from this series uh, in the show. I'll start off to give you some time. Um, I think I really want to see um, that 
that like um I could do this all day uh montage of him getting him learning how to fight with his brother. I think that's that getting knocked down, getting back up thing can be really powerful for that character. And every time you see that character and the MCU, you know, in over his own head, you'll think back to that moment of his childhood of him learning that he's not too small to do anything. You know, basically. What do you I, have for me? I I kind of want um no not kind of. I really, really, really want the women in his life from this book yeah, in that yeah. in there. They don't even have to be. They could just be people. They don't have to be superheroes. They don't. They don't have to be. They don't have to be superheroes. They don't even have. And even if they're superheroes, they don't even have to be love interests. Yeah. So far as I just want the I want three women in 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 uh, Hawkeye's life that care about him but keep him at a distance because it's better for their own feelings. Yeah. Give give, give me appearance. Give me cameos by Natasha and keep it under wraps. Yeah. Keep that shit under wraps have, and, and just give me appearances by Scarlett Johansson. Give me a live action Jessica Drew. We can do we it. Know, we know that um, old girl, Florence Pugh, is going to be in it. But okay. I don't know where her okay. relationship okay. with Hawkeye is. If Florence Pugh is in it, she's going to be Bobby. She's going to play Bobby's role? She is going, she's blonde. She's but you know just... what? Oh, you know, now that you say, I don't know when Hawkeye is supposed to be coming out. Maybe they're going to wait for Black Widow to come out first. I truly hope that they wait for Black Widow to come out first. First, because then we can have like if they, only because I would hope that there is some sort of cameo from Renner in there. Like if they're really going to to base, um, Hawkeye and the Hawkeye and uh, Kate Bishop show off of Fraction's book, they at least give us some elements. So I want the women in Hawkeye's life. Yeah, yeah. That'd number be two cool. for you. My number two is gonna be something relatively easy. We know that Lucky's going to be in the comic. I want Lucky's origin, his comic origin. I want to see um, Jeremy Renner flip out because someone tries to attack a dog. And like those in the street. I think like, you do that, people would love Clint Barton forever. If oh oh, if Clint Barton like beats the crap out of some <laughs> Russian mafia can, because yeah, because it's very easy to just start the show with this is just Haley Steinfeld's dog, right? Like the, you could totally or it could even you, or you could like, not that I would want to, but they could just do a to a cheat and say this was his family's dog after losing his family they could place this in the middle of endgame before he becomes ronin and just say this was his family's dog and that's why he put a girl on before he went crazy or something like that yeah yeah like jesus yeah so i'm gonna go with the og origin for pizza dog i want him kicked i want him to survive i want hawkeye in the hospital telling him you better save my dog all that heartstrings bro i want the tracksuit mafia i hope i pray and i wish that they give us the tracksuit mafia. You don't gotta go so stereotypical with the bros, but I just want a van constantly parked in front of Clint's house with two dudes in Adidas tracksuits just scoping him out. And every time Clint just comes home from like a bad dog, like he literally just had a had a mission with Kate. And he's all beat up and he's coming home and he looks over and he just sees across the street and notices two fat dudes in tracksuits in a van just doing finger gestures or yeah. like you know, gesturing with a bat, and he just shakes his head, and he just walks into his apartment. into his apartment. Like, yeah, like I, they don't even have to be in the actual like show itself. Like, you don't have to give them anything. Show sure there's an outside threat. Like, have to have the people get. So, wouldn't you be like, yo, who the hell are these? Like, for the whole series, you'll just be like, yeah. why are these? Try and it's different people every time. It's not the same. You could two actually people. load them up in see in season one to be something in season two. Exactly, you know? like you can plant the Easter egg there, and then by the time season two comes along. All right, now we got the tracksuit mafia. Now we got the old couple. 
the tracksuit old couple. Like, yeah. you know, I would love to see them, just not right away. I would just like little bits and pieces. Little bits and pieces. I think for my final thing that I would want from this series to come out of the Matt Fraction uh, Hawkeye of it all. Let me think. Let me think. Uh, first, I would like to see more trick arrows in general. I don't think we've seen that many trick arrows in the MCU as it stands. Uh, let me see. We saw more in Civil War than we did any any other Hawkeye we, we anything saw, we ever. Saw, uh, well, actually, in um Avengers, he had a um, he USB had, arrow. He had USB like? arrows and arrows that cause like you know malfunctions and stuff. Uh, other than that, yeah, but no, we don't really get any. In Civil War, we have that like thing, the arrow that takes down Vision a little bit, and then the arrow that um. The one that blew up past Tony Stark's head when he shoots it. Um, think to me in my head canon, anytime an arrow explodes after Clint shoots it is a trick arrow. Okay. If he shoots an arrow at somebody and, and it, it doesn't just do what an arrow does, which is yeah, and it, explo- and it explodes. That's a trick arrow. I can see that. I can totally see that. Because there's been times where he's literally just boop, boom, like this is like fighting the Tachari. And he's not even like hit, hitting like a gas can on their freaking machine on their machine because it's a space car. Like, you know, there's no gas in space. Yeah. And he's shooting, like, directly at aliens in the head, and boom, things are blowing up. That's trick arrows, definitely. I'm going to, so I'm going to change my number three. I want my number three to be um, Clint being accosted while he's trying to set up his DVR or whatever. All That's right. That'll be the greatest. That would be great. You got any and you got ones? Just do it with Kate, too. Yeah. Just don't even have anybody else. Just literally just have Kate mad at him. For the AV cables and not knowing how to hook it up. Oh, no, just have Kate mad at him. It's like, okay, you're messing up. You just ruined everybody's cable in this entire building, and now you don't <laughs> even know how to fix your own cable. We're going to miss the Peanuts special. Like, you know, something funny. You it... are a mess, she should say. Uh, number three, my final one. My final one. Oh, God, this is going to be really hard because there was just so many. There's so many things in this book that I would want to be translated. Yeah. And I really feel like it's like I would be wasting an, uh, 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 an entry if I say I want the overall theme and vibes and elements of this book to be there because if any a, a capable director can be able to do it if there's one thing i want in here i want jeremy renner always bandaged i want renner i, like I want damaged. i want him bandaged every episode i want a splint on his nose someone said they saw him have an earpiece so he might be playing around with some of that deafness i want it all i want it all get can we get a Matt Fraction cameo? Uh, Can you, we find a way to put him like in a restaurant or something? Oh my god, that'd be absolutely awesome! Or just make, make Ma- Fraction make Fraction Gill. Yes, exactly. Gil. Make Fraction Gill. That'd be hilarious. That'd be so damn good. You know, and I don't even care that 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 it wouldn't be fat. You know, fuck it. Just give me give me Fraction literally on the rooftop every time that that man goes to the roof to have to have like a discussion with life, and you just see Fraction there. So, buddy, how's everything, hot guy? Yeah. You good, Hawkeye? Guy. Hawkeye, and at one point, Ivan calls Kate Lady Hawkeye, <laughs> uh, which is like a remnant of how they used to uh, how they used to have female versions back in the day. It would just be Lady whatever, like Miss Pac-Man. Yep. Um, but yeah, man, I think we, I think they have um, some big shoes to fill, but I think they totally can do it, right to the occasion, and really make this Hawkeye series something worth a damn. I'm glad uh, to be introduced, reintroduced to Clint and introduced to Kate. I'm glad that you kept telling me because you guys don't understand. This guy kept saying, and, and like he just kept like throwing it in there, a little like. By the way, hey, Hawkeye. Read, read, read Hawkeye. Since like since like December, <laughs> yeah. since like early December, he's like, oh, so what are you doing today? Nothing. All right, maybe you should read Hawkeye. <laughs> and then I'm like, you know what? Let's cover. Haw- you want me to read it so bad? 
I'll cover it. Let's cover yeah, it. Yeah, we covered it, it as the as the first official. Now we're done with this two part. The first official stuff of the content. Yes, this is our first. Yep, the first content of the new day, the Which new is year. Fantastic. Uh, join us next week, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be going over the best and worst of 2021 in lieu of the award show. We usually do an award show uh, where we let the fans vote on the best of twenty or well, of whatever year we're covering. But due to COVID, we cannot have fans in the building. That's the whole issue. So we're gonna have to just summarize the year as is: the good, the bad, the ugly, and the in between. Uh, we might even have a special guest on. So make sure that you guys are here next week for that. Super excited for that, and super excited to tackle more of uh, these comics and these kind of stories because this is really what makes this podcast worthwhile. Um, if you like what you're hearing so far, and thank you for lasting this long in the podcast, but you should know that every single episode of the Major Issues podcast is available at comicbookclick.com. That's also the one stop for all of our merchandise, our articles, and even bios by the people who co-host Comic Book Click. Um, everything is there, and you can literally comment on any single episode, and we'll get notified, and we'll be able to read your comments, your reviews, or anything that you'd like to say on any particular subject right here on air, as we've done before. So thank you guys for your support with that. But you can also find the podcast wherever podcasts are found. That's Stitcher, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Apple Podcasts, App, Google Podcasts, TuneFind, YouTube, Spotify. We're everywhere. Just type in Major Issues Podcast into Google and we'll be the first ones to pop right up. Because we're always talking about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Um, we're also at Major Issues CBC on Twitter. Um, Dan, you're at Dan's uh, Comics I, on IG. <clears throat> yep, on Instagram, I'm Dan's Comics. CBC. Sorry, CBC. You gotta put you gotta put the CBC. Dan's Every, Comics, CBC. Everywhere I go is CBC. That's all I know. Yeah, and like I said, you know all our social media again: Facebook.com/slash/comicbookclick, Instagram.com/slash/comicbookclick, hashtag uh, use the comicbookclick hashtag to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, greatest things. It can be comic books, comic book media. So we do all our news where we let people know what the episodes are coming up. So make sure that you stay on top of all of our social media. Rate and review us on iTunes. It's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and find out what you like and what you don't. Uh, and so we can reach our destiny. I've been to the future. We do become the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media. But I can't tell you guys how we do it. It will mess up the timeline worse than they messed up Madam Ass's house. So They really messed up that they house. They messed up that house, bro. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, seemingly the end of that. Uh, portion of that and see i thank the people for listening i gave them their social medias i told them to rate and review on itunes and i told them where they can go what they can find at comicbookclick.com that means that my name is george serrano aka the don and i am man comic book dan no i'm dan the comic book man sorry it's a new year it's a new year (laughs) i'm trying to get used to it for the year we'll get it right we'll get it right and this (laughs) has been our hawkeye part two a uh, recap and review of Matt Fraction's Hawkeye. And remember, whether you're a tracksuit goon who needs a chill pill, an avenging archer with a chip on his shoulder, or a kind friend willing to stick it through when the going gets tough, remember, we are the click. And remember, you, yes, you, are worthy. <laughs>